How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops. Getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The radio home of the Buffalo Sabres. From our flagship station in Buffalo, this is the Post Game Show on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Here's your host, Brian Cozio. Jack Quinn in the shootout, and he can shoot him. Quinn to the right circle. Here's Quinn, holds it. He's going to score! Quinn got to the front of the net and held it just enough while he kept moving. The Sabres win it in a shootout. Ho-hum win for the Buffalo Sabres, right? Oh, my goodness. The swing of emotions in the third and into the shootout. Buffalo wins 5-4. to four. There's a lot of good, a lot of bad, and a lot of ugly here to talk about. But uh, a 5-4 victory in the shootout. Jack Quinn there with the game winner, courtesy of Dan Dunleavy's call. It's our play of the game brought to you by NOCO. Delivering comfort to homes and businesses since 1933. As we... Welcome you here to the post-game show. Brian Colzio with you. Thanks for being with us here on WGR uh, and along the Buffalo Sabres radio network. Paul Hamilton coming up here in about 30 seconds with his quick thoughts. Uh, the Sabres blow a massive lead up three with just one period to go. The Wings getting three goals uh, starting at 651, one at 1041, one at 1231, and a major collapse. And it almost ends in disaster for Buffalo. They give up a five-on-three situation for about a minute and a half in the final two minutes. Somehow they get out of it, goes to an overtime session where Buffalo controlled the puck for most of the time. Not really a ton of great chances to score, in my opinion. Uh, and then in the shootout, there's only one tally. Jack Quinn on the final shot of the shootout, and uh, Buffalo picks up two points. Now, to me, totally unacceptable that they give a free point to Detroit, a team that they have to catching the standings, a team above them in the Atlantic. If there's any sort of thoughts out there of people thinking this team can make the playoffs, I cannot see a scenario where both Buffalo and Detroit make it in the East. The Sabres have to be ahead of Detroit. You just gave them a free point tonight. I know it's one point, but the, the bigger story is how do you let another collapse happen after what just happened on Monday when you had a collapse at home against Tampa with just five minutes to go, and Don Granato spent the entire postgame show talking about a lesson learned. We'll start with that. Paul Hamilton joins us here now. Well, Paul, did they learn the lesson? It didn't seem like it to me here in the third. No. I, how do you talk about this game? You <laughs> give up know. a three-goal lead in five minutes and 40 seconds. That's all it took. 5.40, you gave up a three-goal lead. And then you take three penalties at 14:35, 17:10 and 17:44 to give the Red Wings a minute and 27 five on three advantage. You kill them all off. You have the puck for almost the whole overtime and you win in a shootout. <laughs> I, I don't know. I 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. And now they're they're three one and one in their last five games after blowing leads, big leads in the last two. It is. <laughs> I mean, fans are going to say, "Paul, look at the big problem is the the blown leads." And are they learning? And are they you know all these things that we hear from from players and coaches after games? I mean, they are very lucky, Paul. I I, I don't think. I'm going to change much of what I wanted to say about what happened in the third because they won. But can you imagine what our conversation is right now if the five-on-three situation for Detroit leads to a goal and Detroit wins in regulation? I mean, we are getting we are getting probably fans responding about coaches being fired at this point, right? I mean, it's just it would gotten <laughs> to that point that quickly, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're not firing coaches. I mean, that. Definitely. We know I mean, that, yes. <laughs> Adams talked about that already within the past week. Um, it's it's just you know, at least Granado called timeout after the four four goal and maybe settled him down a little bit, but he didn't settle him down to the point where they were still under siege, taking penalties. Uh, you know, a tripping penalty, a high sticking penalty, another tripping penalty. And you're, you know, you're a minute 27 short, five on three. So he didn't really settle them down there. They were just under siege. They were on their heels the whole third period. Then maybe they got a lift out of being able to kill that. And then they go to overtime and have the puck for most of overtime, only get one shot. But a lot of chances, shots were going over the net and being blocked and all that neat stuff. But, um, and then, you know, the, you get two posts. In the shootout, Larkin yep. and Perron both hit the post. I guess it's your night. <laughs> I mean, that all happens, and you still get out of there with two points. Pretty crazy. 5-4, Sabres win it in the shootout. Buffalo up 4-1 to one after two, looking good, and then Detroit scores three in the third. Uh, they go to a shootout, and then Buffalo wins at 5-4, to four, courtesy of Jack Quinn. Uh, post-game show rolling on here, Brian Colziel, Paul Hamilton, as uh, the Sabres pick up two points in the standings. Um, Paul, the point that they give up to Detroit, how important do you view it? I kind of laid it out about, you know, if, for those that are thinking playoff race, Atlantic Division stuff, like how much of a big deal is it that they gave up a point or is more of the big deal that they still just don't know how to handle playing with leads? It's not playing with leads. It doesn't matter at all. I mean, are we are we actually sitting here thinking about the playoffs? No. I mean, yeah. if if you're thinking about the playoffs, giving up the one point matters. But no, there. This is not a playoff team. I never thought it was. I I didn't think it was in July. I didn't think it was in September. I didn't think it was at ten and three. And I don't think it is now. So no, that doesn't matter at all that they gave up a point. But the, the giving up leads, especially this one, four to one, and it only took five forty for it to happen. I mean, they scored at six fifty one, ten forty one, and twelve thirty one, and. They were on their heels. We're not talking about lucky goals here. I mean, these the, Detroit was all over them. Yep. How did you think Anderson handled the third period, Paul? I know the first one trickled through his pads. Um, yeah, he wants the, the first one back, yeah. the other two. He was totally screened on the Sunquist second goal where Middlestad loses the draw, and I believe one of the defensemen screened him. He didn't see it at all. Uh, so... Yeah, so just the, just the Perron goal he would like back. Yeah. All right, Paul. Well, I guess, you know, we look at what went right in this game. 
Uh, I want to start with Dylan Cousins. I thought from start to finish, he had a pretty solid effort. He, even in the third, before the goals start coming, he had that real nice hustle play to break up a chance that could have been a breakaway. You know, I'm thinking right there, okay, the third period starts. Anderson makes a nice save. Then Cousins has that hustle back play. I'm thinking, okay, even though they're giving up some chances, like they're they're handling this all right. And then obviously the collapse happened later. But let's just let's talk about Cousins for something positive here. A, a solid night for him, obviously. Absolutely. He had a couple of chances for a hat check in, in overtime. Uh, this wasn't a shot on goal because he rang it off N- Nadelkovich's mask. Then it hit the post. Then it went up in the air and came out. So that wasn't a shot on goal. That was right away. I mean, that was right off the bat in overtime. So he almost had his hat trick. Cousins, by far, Buffalo's best player in that game. And, uh, you know, just showing the progress that he's making. And who knows, maybe they can go home and think to themselves, okay, we gave up that lead. We played an awful third period. But in the end, we found a way to get out of this game with two points. Does that give them maybe a little bit of, of confidence to say to themselves, okay, you know, now – now, you know, we're okay, and maybe they can stop with the, you know, giving up leads. But here you are, you play a shootout game in Detroit. Getting to the airport is not the easiest, it's not the closest thing in the world. So they're going to get back a little bit late, although the flight's only about, is it even 30 minutes? I don't even think it's that, because you, you go over the lake. Yep. But still, who's waiting for you? The Colorado Avalanche. And what are they coming off? They just got beat pretty Ranked. badly by Winnipeg. <laughs> You know, so uh, it's they're certainly going to get tested tomorrow. That there's no question about that. Yeah. Well, I think you know when we look ahead to tomorrow, too, Paul. I mean, are there immediate changes that you would make? Other, I mean, the lineup in terms of maybe the goaltending, of course, goaltender change. But I mean, I kind of liked what they did for 40 minutes. I don't think I want to change there. I'm not in any interest of changing up lines. Uh, I know fans want to know maybe about Peyton Krebs. Let me ask you about that here. Um, because of back-to-back and because he hasn't played in a while, Don Granato has said he doesn't want to sit guys for too long. Have we reached that point with Krebs? Well, right now, he's shot. And I like the Don Granato experiments. I mean, that's how Tage Thompson is a center. Overall, I like Don Granato as a coach, but I think he has handled Peyton Krebs horribly. His his confidence is totally shot right now, in my opinion, and it's totally Don Granado's fault. I mean, he keeps – I know he likes to have versatility in his forwards. He should have seen last year that Peyton Krebs cannot play left wing. He is an awful left winger, and he is not even remotely close to being a left winger in the National Hockey League. So he comes out a couple weeks ago and says, ah, we've kind of found out Krebs isn't – well, yeah, finally – so he's going to play center. He played center for a game, I think, and then he was back on the left wing again. What are you doing? If you're just if you're if you're not going to play him at center, put him in Rochester. Do not put him on the left wing. You have totally blown his confidence. Now they feel that he can get it back by being up here just like they did with Cousins and maybe they can. I think the better move is to put him in Rochester for a couple of weeks and let him play center and tell him that he's never going to play wing again that he is a centerman and will always be a centerman with the Buffalo Sabres when he is in the lineup. And, you know, so is he ready to go in? I don't think so. Now, maybe he surprised me. But, uh, 
you know, I, I just think he's totally shot, and it's totally a Don Granado's fault. He, he should just this left wing experiment should have stopped last year, and it's still going, and it's an absolute failure, and it's killing this kid. Well, we'll see if he plays tomorrow. Uh, obviously, back to back, it may just do it in the sense that uh, you want some fresh legs out there. Um, Let's finish with the injury report now brought to you by Losey and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. Paul, with the injuries, we wouldn't have anybody back tomorrow, right? I don't know about Labushkin. I, I wasn't there today, so yeah. uh, I, I don't know wh- how long he's going to be out. Um, a, a real concern is they have no uh, – the, this is obvious they have no confidence in Lawrence Pilot. He played 532 today. Nine shifts. That's it. So they yep. basically, on back-to-back nights, went with 5D. And I did see Lawrence Pilot out there, I believe, in the third period. So, you know, they just don't have any comp. And he hasn't played in a while. So so that put Yoki Haru out there for almost 26 minutes. Samuelson out there for 24-29. Power for 26-49. And Darlene for 26-24. Fitzgerald played 4-15. And he got a game tomorrow. And there's really nothing in Rochester that you can say, well, call up one of the Amherst Center. Well, who? I mean, they're not going to have any more confidence in anybody else that they bring in than, than pilots. So, you know, they're, I think here you got the Stanley Cup, defending Stanley Cup champions coming in, and you got a defenseman that you really don't want on the ice. Well, Paul, certainly a head-scratcher for sure. In the end, it's a win. Uh, for those that maybe uh, Paul didn't, Watch or listen, and they just see 5-4 shootout win. Probably everybody said, oh, I missed a great one. <laughs> well, oh, at times a, maybe. It was a fun game, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at times you could say that for sure. Okay, Paul, Colorado tomorrow. We, uh, we'll be back at it. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. All right, take care. Okay, great. Paul Hamilton here on our post game. Sabres in a shootout 5-4. to four. Yes, up 4-1 after 2. Blow the lead. Almost lose it in regulation get through the overtime, and win it in a shootout courtesy of Jack Quinn's goal. All right, for all of our local affiliates at this time, we're going to say goodbye to you. If you want to keep listening, you can go to WGR550.com, or you can listen in on the Odyssey app. And for all of you listening on our flagship in Buffalo on Sports Radio 550, more postgame coming up. We'll get you some highlights, update you on the standings as uh, we roll on here, talking about Buffalo's 5-4 shootout victory. I'm Brian Colziel. We'll take a timeout. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Here's a shit. Oh, oh, what a clutch save by Anderson. He robs Dominic Kubelik. Dan Dunley be there on the call. Craig Anderson, very busy. 45 shots. That one right there, the save of the game, brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. New inventory is arriving daily. Anderson with, well, three attempts in the shootout. Detroit missed on all of them. One a save, two some posts. Uh, so I think Anderson at the end of the night will just say, Whew, all right, we got out of there. Yeah, the second goal is a bad one, but I guess on my uh, thoughts on this game tonight, Anderson is not at the top of the list. He still has been the Sabres' best goalie, and yes, you have a 41-year-old who's the top goalie on this team. That's still, to me, something that, you know, the Eric Comrie thing seemed like a nice experiment, but 
I, I he's injured, so I don't want to sit here and say that it's you know it's over for him. Of course, it's very early, but um, just how many times have I, you know, gotten calls from fans or tweets from fans or, or others just saying, what would the Sabers look like if they had a top ten goalie in the NHL? Not even the best goalie in the NHL, just a guy that's in the top ten. What would the Sabers look like? I gotta think that their record would definitely be better. And I think Craig Anderson would be a very good number two, but he ends up being your number, your, your best at the moment. You can't play him like a number one. You've got Eric Comrie hurt. Lucan into me is Jekyll and Hyde by definition for sure. You never know what you're going to get with him. And are we all just sitting here waiting for Devin Levi to fix uh, or finish his college career and get here and just hope that he's the savior in net? Because it doesn't seem like there's much... Going on elsewhere, you know, Eric Portillo in Michigan uh, maybe just will ride out his Michigan time, and who knows if he'll sign with the Sabres or not. That's still something to come. But uh, to me, the goaltending still at times is, is an important piece that has to be addressed by Kevin Adams here. And this is not a slight of Craig Anderson at all. I think for his age, I think he's playing excellent. Right now, he's the Sabres' best option, and they just can't play him all the time because he's, you know, understandably an older player. So what are you going to do? Other than the fact that, say, you know, why did they address it more? Well, this is kind of what you've got at the moment. And uh, I think, you know, Kevin Adams obviously was hoping Eric Comrie would get more of a chance here. He's out. If it's weeks on weeks like we're hearing, then that's not great because we're going to get a lot of more of Anderson and some Lukanen. And, you know, there's part of, I guess, if you're going to spin a positive out of the Comrie injury is, look, we wanted to know what UPL had. Is he an NHL goalie? Is he not? We've kind of, I feel like, been teased at times when he's played really good and then there's been some other times like the other night against Tampa where did not look like an NHL goalie so um, we at least maybe can get an answer on Lukanen then there can be some closure one way or the other okay yeah we think he is a goalie Um, he's not a number one but he can be a backup maybe when Craig Anderson retires okay there's that answer or wow he really looks great you know he can be a number one maybe next year he is the number one or the third option is this guy's an AHL goalie and won't be much more than that. So maybe the fact that we'll see him quite a bit here over the next few weeks, uh, we can start to make more of a conclusion and then by season's end maybe have an official answer because it feels like Lukanen has been just on the fence of, is he a guy, is he not a guy? Is he an option, is he not an option? Just we haven't really had enough um, of a good sample size. And then even at times when we feel like we're going to get some, then he's gotten hurt over the course of his short tenure with the Sabres. So... Uh, let's hope maybe at the very least an answer from what Uka Pekalukanen is going forward in this organization comes about of this Eric Comrie injury and the fact that you just can't play Anderson as much as maybe you'd like to at this point. 5-4 Buffalo victorious. Let's get our first response from the fans now brought to you by Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy is first and faster to any size disaster. Visit TeamLuzzy.com. Uh, Norm tweeting in. You can always send me your thoughts at Brian WGR on Twitter. Says, not the most disciplined final 15 minutes, but they were able to skate, escape the five on three and get to overtime. Uh, BK chiming in saying, a terrible trend. That was in response to the blown leads. And uh, John says, poor coaching with the blown leads. So, a variety of reasons, and they're probably all correct at this point. I wouldn't disagree with any of them. Get to our final stats now. Brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Shots in the third were 17-8 to Detroit. 2-1 to one in the overtime in favor of Buffalo. But 
The Wings end up with 45. Buffalo, 34. Power plays. If you're Detroit, this is a head-scratcher. Zero of eight, including a minute 26 of five on three at the end of the game. Buffalo, one of two, and they had a shorthanded goal. So special teams edge to Buffalo. Can credit that as part of the win tonight. Craig Anderson gets the win in net. 41 saves, three stops in the shootout. Alex Nedeljkovic, the loss, 34 shots, 30 saves. Three stars, Darlene from Buffalo, star number three. Sunquist with a pair of goals for the Wings, star number two. And Dylan Cousins, I thought a very, very solid game for the Sabres. Two goals, some good defense as well. He's the number one star and the electric player of the game tonight. Brought to you by Town BMW. For an electrifying performance, check out Town BMW's lineup of EVs. The announced attendance tonight in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena was 17,000. 117 and Buffalo will be right back at it tomorrow night, seven o'clock at KeyBank Center against Colorado. Programming note for all of you listening in Buffalo, who normally listen on WGR, the game tomorrow will be on the Bet 1520. Bills Patriots coverage all afternoon and evening long on our normal Sabers flagship WGR. So just make a note of that. Again, if you want to listen to the Sabers tomorrow, it'll be on the Bet 1520 with Bill's Patriots coverage going throughout the night on WGR Sports Radio 550. Well, Don Granado, of course, you know, he uses that timeout, talked about lessons being learned. Tonight, I mean, I guess you can say, did we get a chance to learn another lesson without having to give up a win? If that's the positive spin on it, well, I guess, you know, that's maybe what he might say, but I think, you know, overall here, just still a story is going to be, how do you let that three-goal deficit, how do you let that three-goal lead go away? And how do you almost blow it at the end of overtime or the end of regulation? I mean, that would have been absolutely devastating if the Sabres would have given up that goal there and lost 5-4 to four in regulation. Or you can flip it and say the Sabres are 3-1-1 one, and one in their last five and have responded well since the eight-game losing skid and they're figuring out ways to get points if you want to spin it that way. So I'm kind of in the middle, but there's some positive things that are much better than what we saw during the eight-game losing streak. But the, the not handling adversity, to me, is still a major storyline, and it's also something that is not a this-season problem. It's been a previous season's uh, problem, for sure. And it's not just a Don Granato problem. It's happened with many, many coaches going back. So... That's definitely one thing. Yes, this team is the youngest team in the NHL. Yes, there's times where you know they're going to maybe not face adversity as a veteran team would like. But to have it happen just on a, a much frequent more basis than probably the average NHL team here right now, like it's a it's a little disheartening for sure. And you just hope maybe, as Don Granato says, lessons learned. Well, that they just become less and less frequent here as the season goes on. Don Granato's comments brought to you by. Salino Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Tempstar Energy Services, specialists bringing heat on and off the ice. So tomorrow night, I'll have the pregame at 6. Again, we'll be on the bet 1520 and uh, face off at 7 with Dan and Rob. We'll have it for you right here on the Sabres Radio Network. Okay, with that, we're going to say goodnight to everybody. Thanks for listening here on the postgame. want to thank our crew, TJ Luckman, our network producer, and our Amherst Studios, Kyle Powell on our social media and game story. Check it out, WGR550.com. Show up on the Bulldog. We're on the pregame show. Tom Maddy was our engineer, and our game announcers, Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray. And for our reporter, Paul Hamilton, my name is Brian Colziel. Final again in a shootout. Buffalo 5, Detroit 4. 
Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow night at 6 from KeyBank Center with the Avalanche in town right here on the Buffalo Sabres radio network. Good night, everyone. WGR Sports Radio 550. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Nats fans, are you ready for opening day? Swung on, hit deep to left, down the line toward the corner, and it is gone. Goodbye! Catch every pitch, every home run, and every Curly W live with 106.7 The Fan on the free Odyssey app. Gone. The voices you know, the team you love, your Washington Nationals, your Odyssey. Live games available for fans and market only.